Welcome to the Struggling Pastors Podcast. Real conversations about ministry and life. My name is Tian Down, and I am a struggling pastor. Well, today, um, this is going to be a little bit of a, a rant, a work in progress. Um, I haven't completed my full thoughts on this topic, but it's something that, that has been stewing in my in my heart um and uh today i want to talk about the the role of the senior pastor in a church and how how i think the the model that we have been following um with the the senior pastor role how i think it's actually kind of broken so let let me uh give you a little background um you know recently i have had these different conversations with uh, some friends of mine who are senior pastors, um, but also um, a former church member uh, of mine who uh, moved away um, a few years ago, texted me and uh, asked me to listen to a podcast. Um, and uh, it was uh, one of the episodes of the Bad Christian Podcast. I don't know. I, I, I guess it's pretty popular. I, I, I listened to a couple episodes, um, and I also... Um, uh, listen to a few episodes of the uh, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill uh, podcast, and uh, you know a lot of these um, uh, a lot of these podcasts are talking about some some really I don't know painful situations that people have gone through, uh, painful experiences that people have had at, at the church, and um, I was just listening to to one episode of the Bad Christian podcast, and it was just um, talking about a senior pastor who who um, recently just resigned his church and just being uh, really really discouraged. Now, now I wouldn't necessarily recommend the uh, the Bad C- Christian podcast. I only listened to um, two episodes, but uh, you know, I, I I don't necessarily agree with with. Um, well, I don't agree with everything they talk about, but it's interesting to hear people's story, and um, uh, it helps me develop a little perspective and a little compassion and empathy uh, about the situation. Right? Um, what I, I recently uh, read uh, uh, an article, uh, some blog posts about pastors, um, pastors quitting, and pastors being discouraged. And uh, um, th- th- this is a this is a Barna. This is a Barna research. Uh, they asked pastors the question, have you given real serious consideration to quitting being in full-time ministry within the last year? So um, they uh, they surveyed thousands of pastors, and the first survey was in January uh, of 2021, so the beginning of this year. Um Ask these pastors, have you given real serious consideration into quitting in the past uh, past year, you know, because of pandemic and all these different things? So 29% of the pastors that they surveyed said, yes, they they were thinking about quitting or they given serious consideration of quitting. Uh, very interestingly, uh, 10 months later, they went off and they they at, they did the same survey again. So in October um, of this year, just, uh, just uh, last month or a month and a half ago, uh, they asked, again, thousands of people, um, have you given real serious consideration in, um, to quitting being in full-time ministry in the last, last year? And that number rose from 29% to 38%. In in 10 months, uh, the dissatisfaction of pastors, uh, full-time pastors, increased uh, 9%. 
nine percent, and that, that's kind of that's crazy. Uh, they gave serious consideration to quitting, and the statistics are actually a little bit more stark than that because of the people they surveyed of the thirty eight percent of of the people who uh, pastors considered quitting. Um, when they asked pastors who were 45 years and older, uh, 34% of them considered quitting. So, so of those, of those people who considered quitting, um, if they were 45 years or older, uh, they, they, uh, it, it was 34%. Okay. And, but the scary thing is this, if you were under 45 years old, uh, that increased to 46%. That pastors under 46, uh, under 45 years old, con- uh, 46% of them considered quitting um, recently. And it's, man, that's, that's just kind of crazy. Almost half of the pastors who are 45 and younger have considered quitting. Um, also in the same article, Barna said that uh, when they asked these pastors, to rate themselves, um, uh, their rate their well-being if they're healthy, if they're struggling in these different categories of well-being. Only only one in three pastors rate themselves as healthy. Um, so pastors feel like okay, they're you know they're they're not healthy, um, they're struggling, and a lot of them, and especially if if you're under forty-five. You, you've considered, you seriously considered quitting. Now, I've had, I mean, the number keeps on growing. I, I have a lot of friends who are pastors. And in the last year or so, there's been six or so, six close friends of mine, people I, I've known for years, uh, served along with, that have uh, quit their job. I mean, it's just surprising. Some of them um, were church planners who closed down their churches. Others just just went off and did other other jobs because they they just felt so discouraged. You know, a lot of people say that one of the most discouraging thing is is the lack of unity in their church. That people have been arguing in the church. You know, a lot of it was was caused by um, the political climate. And, you know, the pandemic, should we, you know, should we wear masks and not wear masks? Should we meet or not meet? And, and people were really divided and, and the division was not handled in love and people, you know, accused each other of, of, you know, political motivations and, and a lot of pastors feel, feel really discouraged. So I don't know if you've been there, if, if that's you, I just wanted to, to riff on, on this idea a little bit about, but why is it so unhealthy right now? And I, and I don't think... So if you're feeling this, I, I don't think you're alone. Well, you're not alone because there are so many pastors who feel discouraged and it's not your fault. And I think the problem is more systemic than that. I think the problem really is that the whole model of the senior pastor, the role of the senior pastor is, is a broken model. It's, it's an unhealthy uh, model. Um, I, I read an article uh, written about uh, written by um, his name is Rick Deshawn. He's a um, professor uh, in organizational psychology from Michigan State University. So you know he 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 talks about he talk he's not a 
you know, he's not researching uh, um, churches and and ministry. Like he the, he's coming from an organizational viewpoint, and, and and he looks at he looks at the business world and all these different things. But he decided to study um, uh, church leaders, and one of the things that he he says is that pastoring is a very difficult job because, uh, in his words, the pastors work activities are highly varied, taxing, fast-paced, unrelenting, and often fragmented. It's like, it's, it's, it's a really hard job because, you know, Hey, uh, Sunday's coming. There's another summit, uh, Sunday coming in, in, you know, just a few weeks. And, um, but the, the job is very, is, is highly varied and there's a lot of pressure because you have to be good. At, you have to be good at a lot of different things. You know, you have to be prophet, priest, and king. You have to be a good preacher. You have to be a good counselor. You have to be good at organization and managing a budget and uh, good at outreach and, and, and handle your volunteers and, you know, come up with programs and, and manage your staff and all these different things. And then you have to pray. And then guess what? You got to take care of your family, love your, 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 your wife, your spouse, love your kids, got to be home for dinner. And there's all these different, uh, demands on the pastor that the the reason why the pastor's job is hard is is his work activities are highly varied taxing which means that it it it's not brainless work it's not like you're 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 uh you know building a uh, you know slapping drywall on, on you know putting up drywall in the house it's stuff you know, the job of a pastor is you got to do it with your soul, with your heart, with your mind, right? But also it's fast paced and unrelenting because you got, you know, you got things to do. There's expectation. Um, and then he says it's often fragmented, right? So there, you got to switch between between going to the hospital sometimes uh, or meeting with a, a congregation member who's upset to um, you know, sermon prep and to prayer and to look at the budget and to, you know, um, set up the decorations for Christmas. And it's just, it's, it's unrelenting and it's fragmented. Right. Um, again, in this article, Rick Deshaun, this is, he says the breadth of the task performed by local church pastors, coupled with the rapid switching between task clusters and roles that appear prevalent in this position is unique. He's saying, you know what? Um, this is unique to the pastoral job. Like we don't demand, we don't demand other, you know, CEOs or managers or, you know, uh, office workers or whatever. We don't demand this of, of any other industry. We don't demand a person to be good at, you know, to switch between, okay, deep prayerful study of the word and then go to a finance committee and to plan, you know, to manage staff. And like, we, we don't demand um, people to switch between these roles, uh, in other, in other jobs. Um, the article goes on to say, I have never encountered such a fast paced job with such varied and impactful responsibilities. It's like, man, this is a tough job. I've, I've never seen this. I don't see this in, uh, in the world of entrepreneurialism in the, in, you know, in academics, I don't see this in business. I, I don't see this anywhere. So no wonder, uh, pastors are, are feeling, um, you know, feeling like, man, feeling discouraged. And, you know, this is the thing. Um, and I'm still working this out. Um, 
about even the role, the, the, the model of the senior pastor. I, man, I don't think there, okay. I don't, I don't think it's biblical. Um, I don't think it's healthy. And, and I don't think that model is actually very effective for the long, the long haul in, in a church. So, so let me, let me, uh, give my opinion about this. You know, the, the, the picture of the pastor, the senior pastor doing everything, you know, like most churches, churches, I, I like the church I grew up in, Baptist church, um, the role of the senior pastor, you know, uh, the, you know, the church board, congregational rule, um, deacon board, they, they hire a senior pastor and they give the senior pastor all the authority and responsibility of running the church ministries. So he has authority to hire and fire staff. He has authority and responsibility to, you know, uh, run the programs and to do all this stuff. And I think that is too much authority and too much responsibility for one person. Um, I, I think, you know, if you look in, in the Bible, the examples of, of the Bible, uh, it's, it's run, the church is run by a team. The church is run by a team. You know, every time a person um, talks about, okay, the role of a senior pastor, role of a leader, and he, you know, we have to, you know, he's the anointed person that we have to follow, you know, he's God's, God's leader that he's uh, given to us. You know, all the examples that, that people cite to, um, uh, to support the role of this, this gifted leader, uh, all those examples are of the Old Testament of, okay, this is, hey, this God anointed, God anointed David, God anointed Moses, God anointed these, these prophets, and we got to, we got to follow them. We got to do that. But okay, that's not the church. That's talking about the nation of Israel. That's talking about, you know, um, they were living in a theocracy back then. This is, this is, we're not talking about the church. We're not talking about the family of God. But like, if you look at the examples in the New Testament about how leadership is run, leadership was, was shared. The, the, the authority was shared and the responsibility uh, of of ministry was shared that you know it, it talked about the um you know the elders uh, come together that they they uh they had councils um and they agreed about things and they you know they hashed it out uh one stark one stark example of how um leadership was was shared uh was uh, like in um, in a, I guess, a crisis moment um, was when Paul confronted Peter to his face about about how he handled the issue of 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 uh, you know of of race dealing with you know the Gentiles. He you know when he uh, when the Jews came around, he stopped he stopped eating with the Gentiles because he you know he was worried about what the Jews were thinking. So Paul. Um, it, it, you, you got to see this. This is early on. Like Paul, like this is, you know, Peter, Peter was a leader of the church. Like he was appointed. He said, this is, you are, you know, um, upon this rock, I will build my church. And he was, he was known as the, the leader of, of the church. Um, Paul, this guy who came after, never even met Jesus, wasn't one of the original disciples. 
um, when he saw Peter slipping, he felt the not only the authority, but the obligation to confront Peter. That he's like, no, Peter, you are wrong. I'm going to tell you you're wrong. I'm going to tell you you're wrong in your, to your face. I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Um, and we got to figure this out because you're not the boss around here. You know that we all have the Holy Spirit. Uh, and and so we see these these leaders challenging each other and, and working things out. You know, so that that there's this picture of 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 a collective, you know, the church being led by a group of qualified um, servants of God. Right. So so the model of a senior pastor, you know, doing everything, uh, having having uh, inordinate amount of authority and and having responsibility to all to do all these different things. It's just really not healthy. It's just really not healthy. Um you know, it's not it's not biblical. And the, the second point is, I don't think it's very healthy um, because, there, you know, uh, the two pastors that um, personally that have invested in me the most uh, and the most amount of years and time, uh, you know, uh, pastors that 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 um, uh, of the church that I grew up at, uh, long tenured pastor, um, one of them, when one of them had a, had a nervous breakdown after, you know, like, I don't know, 20 something years. And he was a great Bible teacher. He was a great Bible teacher. I, I, I just, I learned to love the word of God sitting under his teaching. Right. But, but this was, this was the thing, you know what? He felt like a failure. Like he felt like he was letting everyone down because he wasn't much of a visionary. He wasn't very organized, you know, about, you know, he, he loved to just study the word. Um, but he felt so inadequate because he couldn't do the other things. And he spent, you know, so much time doing, doing, um, trying to figure out his weaknesses that, that it just really discouraged him. Right. And then, and then, um, my other, uh, mentor, um, like 95% of the church loved him, right. He was such a great shepherd, but because he couldn't do everything, you know, um, he, he was he was such a shepherd. He was very organized. He was just a, a, a great, you know, cared for for your soul, very intentional, um, very present. Um, but you know what? Again, I mean, he um, you know, he wasn't necessarily the best preacher out there. Uh, and some people were really dissatisfied with that. And, you know, he couldn't he couldn't be himself. And even though 95 percent of the people loved him. There was that vocal minority that that caused him to be discouraged, and 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 it's it's just really unhealthy because you can't you can't do everything, you know the the roles of the the pastor that the church is asking the pastor to do things that are again highly varied, taxing, fast paced, unrelenting, and often fragmented. So you have to switch between all these different roles, and and it's not, it's not healthy because, uh, you're, you're not going to be good at these things. You're not going to be good at all these things. Right. So, so if th- that's, if that's your model of, of the church, of the church ministry, as the pastor has to be good at all these different things, you know, I, I think there's, there's two results and they're both unhealthy. 
you know, the first result is, you know, there's a good man that's that's trying to do this and then he's going to feel discouraged. Right. So that's that's um, uh, that's a one of the results. Right. The second result is this. You have a guy who has more of a CEO uh, mentality where he uh, leads a team and, and to, you know, he, he's great at most likely um, he's going to be great at preaching and leadership. And then that's kind of the, the, the model that, you know, most big churches, most successful, quote, successful churches uh, implement today is more of the, the, you know, a guy with a great stage presence and, and you know, he hires a, a team to do the rest. Now, now this this is what happens, okay? If you end up growing the church and you have this kind of uh, CEO model or this this kind of influential uh, teacher uh, model, um, the rest of the rest of the staff, the rest of the people, they 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 become just as helpers. You know, it's a model they call the genius with a thousand helpers, and. And that's unhealthy too. Now it might grow a big church because that's you know in our culture today, we 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 love superstars. We like to make heroes out of people and and, and you know put them on a pedestal. But it's not healthy. You know, there's been so many public failures of 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 people in these past few years. You know, people that I used to read their books and go to their conferences, and it's just it's just really heartbreaking. And you know, there's moral failures. There's but but what we're hearing more today, we're finding out, is the problem of abuse of power. You know, that was that's the the big thing with Mark Driscoll, right? That they're saying that, that he struggled, like he it was a very unhealthy situation where he abused his, uh, he, you know, he abused people, uh, took advantage of people and bullied people. And it's just, it's just really unhealthy. Um, so, so, okay. The reason why it's unhealthy is, is if the person can't fulfill all the obligations, um, they leave discouraged. They're going to be discouraged, right? But if the per if you get a pastor who has a more of a CEO mentality or he, or he has the ability on his basis of, of his personality to, to, to gather and attract a bunch of people and he's a great teacher and then he hires people to do the rest of the ministry and and it becomes this this hierarchical cult of personality where there's there the church gets gets tied to the identity of one, one person. Right. And, and this is the thing I'm not, I'm not against big churches. You know, I, I, um, uh, I studied, I trained, uh, I, I, I was actually ordained at a big mega church and, but this is the thing. I realize that my heart, like, like that much fame is not good for the human heart. Right. Like, I know that if if I was put in that position of getting all that praise and all that power and and, and like no one's giving me any real accountability, like, man, I would mess up my life. Like I'll buy a, you know, I'll buy a G5 jet. I'll go and do some crazy stuff. And 
you know, buy $10,000 sneakers and, you know, preacher and sneakers. And so it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. Um, so, okay. A case against the, the, the role of the senior pastor, as we know today, number one, I don't think it's biblical. Number two, I don't think it's very healthy. And then number three, I don't think it's very effective for the long term. Now it might be effective. It might be effective for the short term in building a church, right? Because we've, there's a reason why we have the biggest churches today than at any other time in human history. And guess what? I don't think it's a, it's, it's healthy. I don't think it's healthy. Like, like having a senior superstar senior pastor. Yes. It's great to, to, to gather a bunch of people. It's great to collect offerings enough so that you could build, you know, giant ministry centers. Right. But you know what? It's not effective in doing teaching people to obey all that Jesus has commanded. Like it's not effective in, in making true disciples. It's not effective in equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. Right? That model is not effective. It's not effective for changing lives and discipling people to obey and to do the work of the ministry and to carry on the ministry of Christ. It's not effective um, because that's what the real ministry is. It, like we're not, we're not in the ministry of, of, like we're not, you know, we're not called to gather a bunch of people. We're called to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry to teach them to obey all that Christ has commanded. And that's what we're called to do. And the senior pastor model, the superstar senior pastor, that, that it's not effective in doing that. And then we see over time, um, you know, it's hard to keep the machine going, right? Historically, um, you know, we got, we got a hundred thousand or so churches in, in America and, like we don't have that many superstar preachers, right? To sustain this, uh, you know, usually a pastor who is a superstar after he leaves the church struggles because it's built on his, his personality is, is very difficult. Like, like, Hey, I, I, I live in orange County, California. Uh, we've seen it here with a bunch of, a bunch of pastors who, um, you know, uh, regardless of your, your theology and tradition, you know, these guys were great pastors, you know, there's, you know, they're, they're, um, Robert Schuler, right. Crystal cathedral uh, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, there's uh, Chuck Smith who started, uh, um, Calvary chapel, you know, after he was gone, they're, they're kind of struggling. Uh, uh, Chuck Swindoll was here, right. They've been, they've been struggling, uh, that church, uh, Fullerton AB Free, been struggling since he left. There's been tons and tons of, of, of churches that, that after their superstar pastor moves on, what happens, right? Right now, Saddleback Church, um, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, down the freeway from me, Rick Warren is talking about leaving, and they're like, oh, like, what are we going to be doing? What, what, what's next, right? So I don't think it's effective for the long term, because it's built on one person. And, and if you have, you know, if you have a finite mindset of like, okay, this is what we're doing and we're just trying to grow this church for the next 10 years or whatever, or just fine. Yes. You, you could gather a bunch of people, but if you have an infinite mindset of like, okay, we're trying to go deep and to, 
uh, multiply discipleship into every person, you know, there's it, the model we have right now is not very effective. Just look at Bill Hybels, um, you know, Willow Creek, Willow Creek Church. Uh, at, at one time, it was the largest church in America. Um, you know, they did. They had that Harvard research study, and they wrote about it in the book. Uh, I think it's called Reveal. They said, you, "Guess what? We, you know, they were the, They basically started the the whole church growth movement. I mean, they, you know, the attractional church, the secret church, the come and see church." Uh, th- that was them. They, they, that was their model. Right. Uh, and 20 years after that, they said, guess what? We failed. Like, yes, we, we built huge buildings and we gathered all these people and have all these, but what, you know what? But we failed to make disciples. We failed to make disciples. Like we didn't do it. You know, we got all these people into programs and they're volunteering. But if you look at their lives, they're not, we didn't make disciples. They, they said they failed at their job. So they weren't effective. So that that's the reason. That's the reason why I, I, I think the senior pastor model is is broken. And you know, so so what what are the suggestions, right? So okay, first off, so if you're discouraged, you're a senior pastor out there and you're discouraged, you're like, man, I can't do this. I'm so discouraged. Right, let me tell you, can I can I just say maybe the problem's not you, right? Maybe the problem is that this this game is setting us up for failure. It's setting us up for discouragement because like, even if you win the game, you, you, you still lose. Like, even if you gather, you know, you reach your goals of gathering all these people and you, you have a big church, like you, you're still not making deep disciples. And then also, you know, it becomes this cult of, of personality. So pastor, if you're discouraged, let me tell you, maybe it's not your fault. Maybe it's the whole system is just is just flawed. Okay, which leads me to ask this other question, and I don't fully know the answer of, but I, I have some theories. It's like, so what is a better model? What is a better model? Well, this is what I think. I, I think a better model is is a team ministry model, and not and when people a lot talk about team ministry, uh. They, you know, you gotta like, what is a team? Like, is a is like um, a star player says, "This is my team." Is that what we're talking about? You know, so that's so team can mean a lot of things. So what 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 I talk about, what I mean about team ministry is that having a small group of of pastors. You know, I like the number three. Uh, and this is something that uh, we've uh, been experimenting with for, I don't know, 15 years and, and various levels of success. And uh, but well, let me tell you, the, the time that I've been the healthiest myself and most effective in ministry and just things have been joyful has been when we've had this team functioning well. But but having a team of um, even like like. Not not senior pastor and a bunch of associates, but like three senior pastors uh, who share the authority uh, of the senior pastor, but then the the roles, the responsibilities are divided. And you know we 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 use the model um, of uh, you know they call it triperspectivalism, uh, prophet, priest, and king. 
prophet, priest, and king, right? So there's someone who's kind of the more plays the prophetic role, who who listens to God, who who hears from God, who sets direction. Um, there's someone who plays the kingly role of okay, now we got to administer this, we got to you know organize this, you know, um, and then there's someone who plays the priestly role. That, you know, the priest offers the sacrifice, connects people to God, uh, goes before, you know, uh, mediates between them and God. And it's more of the shepherding. Right. So so the the picture that having a a team, a small team of people who um, have to. Like agree together to share responsibility. Like what we do is we, um, in our, in our smaller team, uh, we lead by consensus that I don't have more authority than, than another person, than another pastor on that team. Uh, and then, you know, so, so we make decisions together. There has to be consensus. Um, but there's also a clarity of, of different roles, right? So, um, one of the one of the things that that uh, like if this okay you might be asking okay if this is a good model like why why isn't everyone doing this um, I well actually I know I I know I know a lot of churches who are trying um, to various degrees of, of effectiveness but I think some of the keys is is that there there needs to be a lot of trust a lot of humility a lot of patience. And those three things are hard to come by sometimes in, in ministry. Um, you know, like we, you got to trust each other. Uh, you, 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 you have to submit to one another. Um, and you got to be patient because the process is slow, right? So I think this is, uh, I think this model that, I don't know, we're, we're trying to figure out, we're trying to implement. I think it's, I think it's very effective because you get to share the authority, but you, you divide the responsibility. So you get, everyone is functioning in their area, areas of, of, of gifting, but no one gets put up on a, no one person has been put up on a pedestal, right? So there's accountability there. Um, so I think it's very effective, but you know what it's not, it's not very efficient. It's slow. This is, I mean, this is, a, this has to be a long game thing, right? So it's, it's, it's effective. Um, I think is really healthy. It's healthy for it's healthy for the soul of the pastor, right? Because I, I realize as a pastor, like I need I need a pastor myself. I, I need someone to pastor me. Um, it's interesting because one of the things that you know my pastoral mentors have told me is like, hey, you know what? The church is is not a safe place for you. Um, you got to find your 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 deep friendships and your community uh, with other pastors from other churches and and you know find your pastor find your mentor outside the church and I'm like there's something wrong with that that you know the, as a pastor you're trying to build this loving community of of compassion and 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 unity and love and support but you're not supposed to like it's saying that you you can't enjoy that. Like that's, that's wrong. That's, that, you know, that's an unhealthy model. So, so in this model that, that um, we're trying is, yeah, you're in community and you're, you know, people are keeping you accountable, fellow pastors, 
that have equal authority are, are keeping you accountable. You know, I think it's healthier for you. And, and it's also healthier in the uh, sense that um, you have to die to yourself. Like there's been so many, you know, I, I have a lot of ideas, you know, I have, you know, I'm, I'm good at vision and, and uh, you know, planning, creating new things and I have all these ideas that, man, I, there's been so many times where, you know, the, the, this process has been frustrating because I can't execute on my idea um, as quickly as, as I want to. Right. But guess what? That is good. That is healthy because I can't push something through that. So like, you know, one of my one of my teammates I've, I've, I've uh, served alongside with his name is Tom. Like Tom and I, we we know each other uh, well and we're almost complete opposites in our how we see the world and our in our gifting. Uh, you know, like his gifts are are like we, we it doesn't overlap. So, you know, he's so, he's so organized and planned and, and he tells me, no, 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 Hey, slow down. And I, and I have to listen because the structure says I can't, I don't have the authority to override him. Right. So therefore, guess what? Knowing that Tom's going to have more questions, uh, before I, I even present it, some half-brained idea, I take it to prayer more and I'm more deliberate. I'm anticipating the questions, I'm trying to figure out things, and it's slower, right? And guess what? Um, I would say Tom has saved our church a dozen times over by telling me to wait or to go slow or not yet or no, we're not doing that, right? And uh, it's, it's just healthy. It's just healthy. And I feel like, okay, we're united, and I don't need to get my way. Right. And it keeps me humble. It reminds me that I'm, I don't have more authority. I'm not more special. You know, I, I, I'm not entitled to more things. Um, so yeah. Um, I think team ministry is, is more effective in the long term. It's, it's healthier, right? Well, Hey, it's more effective in, you know what, because it builds disciples. It, 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 you get to go and build a true context of community you're 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 showing empathy you're showing community and working together in unity um and uh team ministry i think it's the biblical model it you know we see it all through the 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 new testament people sharing authority but dividing up responsibility so that's uh that's just a little bit of uh, my rant in uh just thinking about you know the the issues of of pastoral ministry why pastors are are discouraged why pastors want to quit and again i just want to say pastor um maybe it's not your fault maybe the whole system is rigged against us i just want to give you a preview i'm really excited um i'm I'm recording a series of interviews uh, of a discussion of that, that I'm having with a, a pastor friend of mine who um, gave an amazing presentation to, to this, this Asian American leadership, leadership colloquium um, uh, that I'm a part of. And it's, it, it, uh, it's talking about things that, okay, 
things that we need to rethink as a church as we move into the future. You know, there are certain things that you hold on to, certain things that you preserve. You preserve that core. But but what do you need to rethink? And so um, uh, there's going to be a series of conversations about things that we need to rethink in, uh, as we move into the, the future of, of the church. So I want to thank you for listening. And, and until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to the Struggling Pastors podcast. My name is Tian Doan, and I hope this has been helpful to you. If you found it helpful, I appreciate if you would share this podcast with a fellow struggling pastor and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let me close with a Bible verse, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Pastor, do not give up. Until next time, God bless you.